The recent news that Forza Motorsport will be launching with missing features has started a brand new conversation or actually just restarted one. Why does this keep happening with Xbox first party titles? 2023 is shaping up to be a year where Xbox has to keep saying the statements not at launch or focus on things like 30 FPS. How the tide has turned from Project Scarlet marketing and Series X marketing. Long gone are the days that spoke about 4K gaming and up to 120 frames per second. Now we keep hearing about things that won't be in the game day one and games that were delayed no less so let's dive into what was said let's compare it to another racing game and ask the question why does this keep happening with xbox first party titles even third party titles not coming to the xbox when they're supposed to due to struggles and what does this mean for other first party xbox studios as well as xbox first party games that are coming now i put all of the good information right here at the beginning of the video that way you don't have to go searching for it this is a monologue and then i discuss it with a live stream hit subscribe and the bell button if you like this kind of content So another Xbox game that was already delayed is having to deliver bad news about how the game will launch. Forza Motorsport recently revealed in an interview that certain legacy features would not be in the game at launch, and one of those features is becoming a bit of a buzzword with Xbox this generation. Given everything that has transpired lately with Xbox, this story could simply not be ignored. And yes, I'm sure many of you will run to the comments to say, all I do is bash Xbox. Well, they aren't exactly making a strong effort to avoid these criticisms this year. So first, I want to look at what was stated. What's missing? Is there a timeline? And what about the leaked images of the game? Second, I want to look at the obvious and growing comparison of Forza versus GT7. Many are trumpeting the split-screen option for Gran Turismo 7, but it isn't that simple. Lastly, And I think the most important question is, what about the future of Xbox first-party titles? The pattern emerging is a worrying one, so we will take a look at everything that is coming, especially after the highly celebrated Xbox showcase this year. So first, what was said. According to GameSpot.com, Turn 10 creative director said that during the Forza monthly video broadcast that the racing game will not feature split screen, spectator mode, or the ability to race against AI in some multiplayer modes. Okay, so the clip went viral on Twitter, and for one simple reason, the word split screen was uttered. Obviously, it would have been pretty disappointing to have some of those other missing features, but the word split screen is becoming a thorn in the side of the Xbox Series consoles this generation. On the heels of Baldur's Gate 3 taking over Steam charts and snagging the highest Metacritic score over Tears of the Kingdom and not being able to land on Xbox due to split screen because of the Series S, hearing split screen from the first party developers of Forza Motorsport not being there at launch was a huge cause for alarm. Keep in mind, many Xbox fans have been highly critical of Larian Studios and Baldur's Gate 3 and the issues with split screen. Many people have continued to say that anytime issues crop up with the Series S, that it is the developer's fault, or if there's missing features or this certain situation with Larian, they just continue to blame the developers, refusing to see what the rest of us see as the culprit in the room. 
the Series S. Surely it is never Xbox's fault. It's always the dev's fault. Well, Halo Infinite scrapped split screen, which I'm sure that gets a hand wave from many people. Nobody plays split screen, even though a split screen game literally won game of the year a couple of years ago. And now Forza is saying split screen won't be there at launch, with the likelihood of it ending up like the split screen that was promised us in Halo Infinite. Now, I want to look at exactly what was said, because I do think there are two things going on. First, the lack of AI in multiplayer modes as well as spectate mode. This is what he said in the interview. Having players come into a featured multiplayer event and taking player slots and then spectating, it's not really the racing we intended. Similarly, racing with AI and featured multiplayer with all its potential impacts on your safety rating also didn't make a whole lot of sense to have and is not going to be available at launch. So you can hear these are more logical or even game design philosophical decisions. I don't want to read too much into this. It's like this just sounds like they said, listen, that stuff's not really important. I don't think a ton of people are going to be upset about a lack of spectator mode unless you were really hoping to do, I don't know, like a series shoutcasting your friends or something. And then the not, you know, not having the ability to race against AI, that might cause some frustration. But again, these seem to be decisions that were made from sort of a game design philosophy decision. We don't really want to do that. Maybe it's not that important. Maybe historically these features didn't get a lot of use. But when the subject of split screen comes up, it sounds all too familiar. More from GameSpot. As for split screen, they said that the team's, quote, heavy investment in pushing our new graphical features and our complete overhaul of the rendering engine unfortunately made split screen really difficult to implement and is also not going to be in for launch. Now, if you change the name of the developer and a few words, this sounds like some of the interviews with Larian about Baldur's Gate 3. And much like Baldur's Gate 3, everyone that defends Xbox is insisting that this has nothing to do with the Series S. Now, they did the same thing when the news broke about Baldur's Gate 3 not landing on Xbox at the same time as the PlayStation. Everybody insisted that it wasn't the Series S. It's taken multiple interviews and very direct statements to put that to bed. And yet still, I have had people insist that the real issue is Larian's lack of resources, not the Series S. It's mind-boggling how people can overlook the reason that Larian cites why the lack of resources is the problem because they're trying to solve the actual issue. The director of publishing described it as a quote, huge technical hurdle. He clarified in a tweet that has since been deleted, just like the guys from Remedy and id Software who were worried about the Series S in late 2020. All these tweets disappear because of the rampant criticism and the negative press that comes from it. They don't like to be the bearer of bad news. But the director of publishing at Larian said that We've said many times in the past that the issue is getting split-screen working on the Series S. So, obviously, when you hear similar language coming from a first-party Xbox studio, it sets off alarm bells. And given how very diplomatic and careful Larian has been about straight-up just blaming the Series S, even being willing to delete tweets that just factually state what's going on, I would not expect any smoking guns from Turn 10 about this unless they speak to the press anonymously. Even today, just tweeting Series S marketing and pointing out how misleading it is, you will 
will get attacked. The second major aspect of disappointment about this is very simple. This game was already delayed. Now, it was quietly delayed, but it was still delayed. It was one of the roughly 10 to 12 games that didn't make it in the first half of 2023 that were supposed to land. Some of these have seen significant delays like ARC, but in this case, this was on that big showcase push where they said, hey, here's all the games coming in the next 12 months, and this game didn't make the cut, neither did Starfield. They simply ignored the fact that it was delayed. They just sort of announced in June of 2023, oh, oh, it's going to release in October. Now, they were a part of the developer direct earlier in the year, and it was the only thing at that event that didn't have a release date. So I think fans have every right to be upset. And the final wrecking ball to confidence in this title, I think, is the leaked images, as well as just some of the footage. It honestly doesn't look all that great. I've even seen fans of Forza say this. I've seen people that like Forza games. They've seen some of these screenshots and some of these leaks, and they're like, this doesn't look that good. Car games are known for looking really, really good, and to see a big first-party title delayed, have missing features at launch, and the leaked images looking rough, if I was a fan of this franchise, I would be very concerned. So let's move on to the obvious comparisons, right? Everybody's wanting to compare Forza to Gran Turismo 7, to GT7. I wholeheartedly agree that these are probably the best games to do side-by-sides comparisons of if you're trying to really compare, you know, Xbox to PlayStation. You've got similar environments, similar approaches to lighting, materials, textures. I mean, they're cars. There's no art style here, right? This is a photorealistic attempt to create a car car game like cars from the real world like real world textures and plant life and sunlight okay i have to say i don't play racing games i never really have i played gt7 a few times on psvr2 it's a really great experience but i'm just not a car guy i'm not a racing guy okay i will say gt7 looks noticeably better than forza and I don't have a dog in the fight. I'm not, I'm not out here combing over car trailers and looking at reflections and lighting and textures, but the people that are doing that are really highlighting stark differences between the two games. I believe that the side-by-side comparisons are, are undeniable. Now, beyond that, many are championing Gran Turismo 7 has split screen, okay? This is obviously stoking the console war fires on Twitter. Like, hey, you guys can't even launch your game with split screen. We have split screen. Now, keep something in mind here. I don't know if this is the thing that you want to be out there bragging about. If you're a huge PlayStation fan, you might want to slow down bragging about Gran Turismo 7 split screen. The game released in March of 2022, okay? It's August of 2023. And to this day, split screen has not received high praise from the community. There's still a known issue that they're working on patching a year and a half later, okay? So, yeah, great, you got split screen in Gran Turismo 7, and it's taken them a year and a half to address issues. It has not been something that's highly praised. Everywhere I looked about this particular feature, whether it was videos or Reddit or forums, everyone has been very critical of split screen in GT7. Now, at one level, this does vindicate turn 10 a little bit. Split screen in a racing game that pushes graphical boundaries is really tough. And seemingly, GT7 hasn't been in a real hurry to fix the issues with it but at another level this just puts the series s more directly in the crosshairs because at another level if you're really thinking about this if a game specifically made for the ps5 can't do split screen in a beautiful car game without some minor issues just how challenging do you think it'll be on the weaker series s since 
We now have a pattern of games having trouble with split screen in the Xbox console ecosystem, and two of those are first party titles, Halo Infinite and now Forza Motorsport. And some push back and people are like, well, who cares about split screen? Obviously, whether or not certain features are popular is subjective. Like people could argue all day long about this. Well, I don't care about split screen in a car game. Well, I really do. Okay. That's not the real issue to focus on. Okay. Listen. I'll give you an example. Split screen in games when you're when you have like really really impressive beautiful looking games, it's actually really really tough to do. That's the point. They added co-op to Returnal. I can't play it split screen. I had to get a second PS5 and a second TV. This has been a common theme. My wife and I love co-op games. And if I want to co-op in 2023, I'm far better off just getting a second console and a second television to just solve that issue entirely. If you start looking for co-op games, you will find split screen being absent in a lot of games going forward while they offer online co-op or, you know, online multiplayer. It's far easier to do that than for them to do split screen. Now, when you want to look at a game like It Takes Two, that was designed from the ground up for split screen. It's a little bit different when you take a game that's pushing graphical boundaries and focuses on like, oh, here's a single car, racetrack, have a ball, and then you start trying to do split screen. It really gets complicated. So I'm not trying to act like the guys that are making Forza Motorsport don't know what they're doing. It's just easier, I think, to not rely on devs to do split screen because it is historically challenging. Even if you look at the history of split screen in games like Borderlands 2 and Borderlands the pre-sequel, there were giant FPS drops anytime I played split screen with my wife in that game. All of this highlights what many of us have been saying all along. If you really want to make the case that split screen is really tough to do, what you're actually doing is you're bringing the Series S out on stage and you're kind of embarrassing it because that's the problem. The Series S is going to be a problem for Xbox this generation. Even if every single dev from this day forward said split screen's not worth the hassle, there are other features and graphical pushes that devs will want to do. And the Series S will seemingly ask you to cut features or other things. And this leads to the biggest and most worrying question of all. What about future Xbox first-party titles? When I saw this Forza Motorsport interview on Friday, I felt like reality was finally settling on me. Future first-party Xbox titles are all in jeopardy. The amount of hand-waving and excuse-making for Halo Infinite is embarrassing. And then, when everybody obfuscated or just flat-out lied about Baldur's Gate 3... I I guess I tried to be shocked, but none of this seems that shocking anymore. And now, another delayed title. It's coming later than it was supposed to, and it's landing with missing features, and one of them adds more fuel to the Series S fire. Lest we forget that Redfall has still not received its 60 FPS patch, it's been in the wild for over three months. Starfield is launching capped at 30 FPS on Xbox consoles, and recently it became very clear that Avowed went through a graphical downgrade. Now Avowed removed co-op, that felt more like a natural internal decision to stick with single single player if you go watch the, 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 uh, the documentary about that. I don't think they dropped co-op because of the Series S, but when you combine the fact that they drop co-op with the art style change it really starts to make you wonder is there a pattern emerging here that games coming to the xbox series consoles just can't do 
certain things. They're having to downgrade the art style, the graphics, the fidelity. What features are we not getting, right? Remember when we talked about Horizon Forbidden West? And oh, I kept saying it wasn't held back because if they would have made it PS5 exclusive, you'd have had to wait a lot longer for it. Well, look what happened with Burning Shores. Burning Shores proved that. Like, look, you would have had to wait for an entire Forbidden West game to look like that and do boss fights like that to leave behind the PS4. Well, when you have a constrained or weaker system, it's going to limit what you can do. Devs are open and honest about this. And these are just the games coming out. Like, these are just the games that are coming out right now. Okay, this is supposed to be like a turning point year for Xbox. But what about Fable? What about Gears of War? And for me, the most important game that I'm worried about, what about Hellblade 2? I hope that you know, the UE5 engine is helping Ninja Theory to to slam home Hellblade 2 and maybe just cut some features and some shiny things out of the Series S version because as it stands, I have no confidence in any Xbox first-party games going forward. They continue to arrive late and half-baked. Halo Infinite multiplayer and Halo Infinite in general delayed and launched with missing features. And in the wake of its launch, terrible content rhythm, canceled plans for split screen, then Redfall arrives after a delay without performance mode. Even though the real reason for Redfall's disastrous state was mismanagement by Arcane and Arcane leadership and Zenimax, the general public doesn't know that. All they know is that that's just one more Xbox title that showed up late and in bad shape. Starfield, as a flagship title for the next-gen platform, is being capped at 30 FPS. That's not a strong look after all of the marketing about native 4K and up to 120 FPS, and your flagship title's running at 30. And then Forza Forza Motorsport walks out, and it quietly delays itself to October, and it also launches with missing features. This is why I have no confidence in the future of Xbox first-party titles. This is why the Activision Blizzard deal should be worrying to everyone. In my estimation, the market was going to lean away from Xbox this generation. It was starting with Bethesda, Deathloop, Ghostwire, and then Starfield was on deck to be an exclusive deal with PlayStation. So, what did Microsoft do? Well, they bought ZeniMax to prevent that from happening. And now, a large chunk of the gaming world is about to be folded into the Microsoft umbrella, and they all have to make their games run on the Series S. They have to pay the Series S tax. Many are speculating that feature parity will need to be abandoned. Some are calling for the Series S to be left behind. On the kind of funny X-Cast, that was literally said, well, we're just going to eventually have to leave the Series S behind. What do you mean leave behind? We're only three years into the life cycle of this generation of console, and Xbox first party offerings haven't even really ramped up yet. So as soon as they're ready to do that? What are you going to do? Leave behind most of your customers who bought into the series consoles? Just just let first party or third party games hit the Series S with missing features? Or just stop supporting the Series S entirely? None of these options are options. They can't do any of that. They are self-inflicting forms of consumer trust destruction if you decide to do any of those things. So from where I sit, after 2022, this was 
was supposed to be the turnaround year for Xbox. Really, 2020, all the way to 2022, this was the year. We were we were given assurances we would turn the corner in 2023. Everybody kept saying it. The fans kept saying it. Even Phil Spencer has said they're finally to the point where they can deliver big games every quarter at quality. Well, I got news for you. 30 FPS ain't exactly what I'd see as at quality. And launching with missing features... I wouldn't describe that as at quality either. Much like the features and the games that aren't launching with them, we're going to have to continue to wait for Xbox to show up. So let me give you my thoughts and my conclusion on this. The, the real challenge in this discussion is the inability for folks to see what is happening or to just be honest about what's going on. When Larian said what they did about Baldur's Gate 3, much time was wasted over claiming, well, they never said it was the Series S. You're assuming it's the Series S. It's an easy assumption to make if you're logical. If a game is coming to your system and you're the only next-gen console that has a weaker system and developers say, we're having a hard time getting a feature to work, who do you think is to blame in that scenario? Who? Do the devs not know what they're doing? Do the people making this game have no idea what they're doing? I refuse to believe that. They're being forced to do something that is contrary to just smooth development. They're building for a system with a bottleneck. And people constantly say, well, people build games all the time for the range of options on a PC. We've had multiple developers weigh in and say it's not nearly as simple. It's far more complicated. And if that was the case, none of these games would be encountering these issues. Baldur's Gate 3 would not want the negative press. Look how well they're doing. They don't want their name sullied with this nonsense. And it isn't even their fault. They didn't decide to make the Series S. Microsoft did. We spend so much time wasting just establishing truth and facts. Then, when they went on to clarify that, Larian finally came out and said stuff, well then the goalposts just move again. People say, oh, well they said they don't have infinite resources. Well, how is that any better, by the way? How big of a problem is the Series S that a developer utters that phrase, well we don't have infinite resources. What, what, what company does? What company is built to build for the Series S? Who? Like, if they're building a multi-platform game, are they all going to have to have Xbox engineers come and help them out? Do you really think that that's something other developers want to deal with? Public scrutiny, being called lazy, having problems blamed on you that are not your fault, and then what? We're we're all going to have to... Hopefully they have enough Xbox engineers to throw at every developer out there that wants to do features that struggle on the Series S. The second thing I want to say is this. Anyone who bought into the Xbox console this generation has to start feeling some measure of frustration. What what good is the mantra, the motto, or the attitude of wait until if when you finally do wait, the games aren't even ready? And the waiting honestly makes things worse. It's like waiting over an hour to be seated at a restaurant only to learn that half the menu isn't available. My conclusion is this. While we will probably never get an Xbox first-party studio to admit that the Series S is a problem, it's not hard to come to that conclusion. 
Just this morning, Jez Corden wrote another article for Windows Central and touched on this. It's just logical to assume that if a developer is struggling to get features to work, it's the Series S. Any sensible person with basic deduction skills knows that that's the likely culprit in the room. Given the pattern, how do you not question every rough launch, every delay, every dropped feature? How do you not see, just through basic deduction, the Series S is the prime suspect every single time this happens? I conceded that the PS4 held back elements of Horizon Forbidden West when the devs displayed that in Burning Shores. It's like, look what we can do when we shed the weaker system. We can go bigger. We can go prettier. We can make real three-dimensional clouds. Okay, you couldn't do that on the weaker system. I'm not saying that the Series S is equal to the PS4. I'm giving you an analogy. Xbox has to deal with the weaker system this entire generation. This isn't like cross-gen support with the PS4 where it's totally acceptable to just leave the PS4 behind with time. You can't do that with the Series S. As I've said many times before, there doesn't seem to be a good option here. Dropping feature parity will break promises made to those who bought a Series S. They claimed the Series S will be able to do anything the Xbox Series X does just at a lower resolution. That's already not coming true, by the way. All those promises, are it's, it's, it's why they unlisted that video you really have to think about the fact that someone at xbox decided to unlist a video about the series s that had half a million views on it you don't do that you don't do that with your marketing hey this video's got half a million views let's unlist it well yeah you better unlist it you better start trying to come up with some sort of a way to restructure this the guys on twitter do a great job spinning this maybe microsoft should hire them to spin the fact that the series s marketing has turned out to be woefully inaccurate it would be undeniably inaccurate if you drop feature parity there'd be no more spin which is what's hilarious watching the people defend the series s and the series s marketing also say well maybe we could just drop feature parity really do you really want to do that go back and watch all those series s commercials and maybe rethink what dropping feature parity actually means it means you could demonstrate objectively that microsoft lied about the series s they can't drop feature parity as i said it's not an option and dropping support of the Series S is quite literally impossible given production and saturation numbers of the Series S outpacing the Series X. So from where I sit, there's only one conclusion to come to. The Xbox console is now the Series S, a self-made Trojan horse. No matter what you bought, no matter what you were promised, the Series S is in charge. It's calling all the shots. And that means everything we've seen from 2020 all the way here now to 2023, this is the new norm. Delayed games and missing features. And if Halo Infinite is any indicator, a lot of those promised features will likely never come. Don't hold your breath on 60 FPS Redfall, because if you were holding your breath for split screen in Halo Infinite, you're dead. Delayed, half-baked games, this is the new Xbox Gen experience. We delay our games, they come with missing features, but you can play them day one on Game Pass. And that's the show open. <laughs> this is 
worrying. Yeah, you can call me a hater. You can call me a Sony pony. I have been anticipating Starfield for a very long time. I've been anticipating Hellblade 2 for a very long time. And I'm seeing one more game, one more first-party game, come out late, and they're having to cut features. They're paying the Series S tax, and so will every other game that comes out for this platform. Guys, make sure that you are messing messing with everybody oh it's messing with everybody sorry guys make sure you guys are smashing the like button it really really helps out the video keep in mind dropping the s is also the same as dropping cloud from a game dk beggar with one gifted member thank you so much dk beggar kicks us off you guys hit the four thousand goal you're gonna get your jar jar stream we got to think of a stretch goal it's only we're only halfway through the month uh thank you so much dk beggar and guys don't forget let me do a quick little plug i don't mention this this much i don't like disrupting the stream if you're a coffee drinker and you haven't tried out reforge rose this is mine it's in my house right really high quality bag Tear the top, reseal it. It's got balanced acidity. If you're a coffee drinker, you're hanging out with me every day drinking coffee and listening to podcasts, try a bag, reforgeroast.com. The coffee link is also below. Now, somebody said in chat that Sony delayed games as well. I'm not worried about delayed games. Delayed games are not alarming. It's when delayed games finally land and they're missing features. Joker Quinn, thanks so much for a gifted membership. I've not given any grief to any, not a single developer that has delayed a game has ever gotten grief from me. You understand that? I've never once been like, hey, how dare you delay a game? When Starfield got delayed, I literally have a video on this channel that said, just delay it. Like Starfield, just delay it. I I want the game to be good. Don't push it out, right? Don't push it out. I have a whole monologue. I have a whole talk show saying, please delay Starfield because I want that game to be as good as possible. I will cheer for the delay of Hellblade 2 because I I really, really want that game to be good. I love the first Hellblade. I will never, ever give anybody grief for a delayed game, but if you delay the game and then it comes out with missing features... That's that's the issue. It's like, wait a minute. What did we what did we wait for? You delayed Redfall. No performance mode. You you delayed Starfield. I it it, it better be ready to go. It, it it better be ready to go. You delayed Forza Motorsport, and they're launching without features. And listen, the more important discussion here is, it's not whether or not people want split screen. It's what split screen represents, right? It's what split screen represents. TLU part two. I'm not sure why you're talking about TLU part two. Missing missing features should just be part of the delay. I'm not sure what you mean, Ginger. Yeah, Halo Infinite launched after a delay with missing features. They didn't even launch their multiplayer as a full release they launched their multiplayer in a beta listen this is not about bashing xbox it's yo this pattern's worrying it's extremely worrying what what i'm looking at hellblade 2 i've been following that game since the beginning i had people saying oh it's coming in 2023 right 
I, I had people saying that. Yeah, if Ra- Ragnarok was delayed, if Ragnarok would have come out and they're like, yeah, um, w- it, there's features missing. Yeah, you can't turn on performance mode yet. I would have been freaking livid. I'm like, what? Well, then delay it again. Ginger says, if you delay a game, then you launch it with missing features. You should have delayed long enough to get the features a part of launch. I 100% agree with you. I've given Jedi Survivor the same treatment. It's like, you guys delayed the game, and then it still came out bad, and then you have the nerve to tell an interviewer that you could have taken more time and you didn't. No multiplayer, which was promised for T-Loo Part 2. Listen... If you want to do what aboutisms, that has nothing to do with today's topic. I didn't cover TLU Part 2 back when it came out. I was covering another game and did not do variety gaming coverage. I don't know if that's accurate. If they promise multiplayer and then they cut it or whatever. If they did, sure, that people should have taken them to task over that. Like, hey, you promised something and we didn't get it. That's that's always an acceptable response as a consumer. Is that a pattern? from sony is it like do you want to keep again is this are you are you booting up blame sony let is, is that what's happening right now well well let's make sure and talk about sony i i haven't had delayed games on sony with missing features i haven't everything got delayed because of 2020 and 2021 and all of us kind of accepted that we're like okay we're not going to sit here and give developers grief because of delays. We know what happened, right? It was a global situation. People were working from home. It was tectonic to the world. Like, everything got messed up. Making cars, making toasters, making video games. Everything got messed up. Okay? I don't have any problem with that. I have no problem looking at 2020 and 2021 and saying, Okay, listen, it's totally okay to delay your games. All of us generally gave these companies a pass because we understood what was going on. And then 2022 rolled around and one side of the aisle delivered three games at quality, Horizon Forbidden West, GT7, and Ragnarok, and one side didn't. One side launched, you know, Forza Horizon and then a half-baked Halo with missing features. So we thought, okay, 2023... 2023 is the year that Xbox turns it around. Xbox walks out during their Xbox Showcase 2022 and says, here's everything you can expect in the next 12 months. Half of those games don't make it. They completely spoke out of turn and promised you like 25 games that were going to land in the next 12 months. And like 12 of them didn't make it. Okay? One of the games that did make it was Redfall. Clearly not ready. A bunch of the other games just didn't, flat out, just didn't make it. So that makes 2023, in my opinion, a pretty sour note to begin with. This was supposed to be your turnaround year, and you kicked it off pretty strong with your developer direct, with Age of Empires 2, yeah, Age of Empires 2, and and uh, and Hi-Fi Rush, and then Redfall kind of kicked everything back down the stairs. It was like, nope. Transmissions from a space boat with 20 months, it's a member plus. If Sony made two consoles this gen, one being underpowered, you'd be just as critical on Sony. People need to recognize you are objective. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and act like I wouldn't be doing... I'd be saying the exact same thing about Sony if they did this. If they hamstrung their own system. So, if this is supposed to be your turnaround year, 
Forza Motorsport is just one more game that was delayed and is coming with missing features. That's a factual statement. That's not hate. That's not bashing. Every, I'm just speaking in facts here. Here's what happened. Here's what Xbox promised. Half the games didn't make it. And now the games that are finally coming out are coming out with missing features. Come on. Jet with a $5 super chat. Two to three games out of 20 plus studios isn't a pattern. So you don't think there's a pattern emerging with split screen? Are we actually going to say that? In 2019, on uh, Naughty Dog did an update regarding multiplayer. So Eugene has a tweet from September 26th of 2019. We wanted to address multiplayer in The Last of Us Part 2. As we've stated, the single-player campaign is far and away the most ambitious project Naughty Dog ever has ever undertaken. Likewise, as development began on the evolution of our factions mode from Last of Us Part 1, the vision of the team grew beyond an additional mode that could be included with our enormous single-player campaign. Wanting to support both visions, we made the difficult choice that The Last of Us Part 2 would not include an online mode. However, we will eventually experience the fruits of our team's online ambition, but not as part of The Last of Us Part 2. Yeah, I don't know if we're ever going to see factions see the light of day. I th- I think that they I don't think that they they know what they're they're doing in that realm. As far as live service goes, I think they can make a great mode, but a mode won't survive. Like a, a game mode won't go the distance. Now that that announcement that I just read to you from Naughty Dog was an entire year before the release of the game. So your whataboutism is weak, in my opinion. You want to go all the way back four years ago and be like, oh yeah, well, 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 the Naughty Dog said that where wasn't going to be multiplayer in Last of Us 2 after saying there would be. Yeah, they let everybody know a year ahead of time that they're like, we can't do this. It's not going to fit. Is that the same as a game delaying and not launching with features, legacy features? Multiple games have done that. Halo Infinite, multiplayer's in a beta campaign launches both sides of the game launch with missing features and bugs then redfall launches no performance mode then here comes forza motorsport delayed no features uh, missing features at launch i'm sorry b carter is legit gifts a member and bumps a line to three if you guys want to pay it forward and if you've ever gotten a gifted membership today you can gift it and pay it forward to another person for five bucks keep in mind You have to include Baldur's Gate 3 in the discussion. You have to. Because they're not owned by Xbox. So they can actually come out and tell you what in the frick's going on. Sony can't do F all wrong wrong with this guy? That's not true. I, I have a video criticizing The Last of Us port to PC. I have a video being critical of their showcase. I was critical of their Ragnarok marketing. I've been critical of the performance mode in Final Fantasy 16, especially after how they marketed it, saying that it was going to show off the power of the PlayStation 5. That's five examples right there of times I've been critical of Sony. It ain't my fault that Xbox is swinging a bat worse Imagine being a sports commentator and you got like two batters and one of them's been messing up here and there, but generally he's doing pretty good. And this other guy's just screwing up left and right. And whenever you report on Johnny's screw up, they're like, man, you're really hating on that guy. I guess this guy over here can do no wrong. No, he's just messing up less. Just objectively, mathematically, he's just not messing up as much. 
did PlayStation 5 launch a two-tier console system with a with a memory bottleneck? Did did PlayStation 5 delay a bunch of their games and then have them launch missing features? Is PlayStation 5 missing out on 2023's game of the year because of a weaker system? Is PlayStation 5 doing any of that? Is it? No? Well, those are all the things I've had to talk about with Xbox. How is that my fault? I'm, I'm simply reporting on what's happening. Well, this guy just bashes Xbox. Listen, if reporting on facts is bashing, you're down real bad. You're down real bad. If all I have to do is say, yeah, another game that got delayed is launching with missing features. As a consumer, come on. That's incredibly disappointing. That's incredibly worrying as a fan of Hellblade 2. Man, all you do is bash and hate on Xbox. Really? Man, what is the state of the Xbox platform and consumer base if that's all I got to do to be hating and bashing? Parasito says, if a car manufacturer were to have two or three cars with recalls due to airbag issues, would you not be hesitant to buy their car? Right! Like, come on! If, if, if... Let, let's say, you know, Honda's making, you know, eight cars and three of them have recalls on their brake lines. Wouldn't you be a little hesitant to buy one? Like, I don't know about that. It feels like a pattern's emerging here. I don't, I don't, I don't feel like running off the highway because, because the brake lines are having recalls. Well, it was just those three cars. It's not these cars over here. Oh, okay. I just, the pattern is so worrying. We've consistently said that the Series S is a concern. Id Software said it. Remedy said it. Their tweets mysteriously disappeared. Anybody who talks about this, their tweets mysteriously disappear. Even the director of publishing at Larian had a very frank tweet about, we've said numerous times it's the Series S, and he deleted that tweet. But that's all you talk about? That's not true. You have a purple badge, and you're simply dealing in falsehood. You're better off hanging out in podcasts that lie. That's not all I talk about. I covered Lords of the Fallen. I covered Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. I covered Baldur's Gate 3 and how, as far as I can tell, seems like it's going to be game of the year. I covered Path of Exile. Is it a Diablo killer? I covered Diablo. I covered the PS5 Pro. I covered Lords of the Fallen. I covered Ratchet and Clank. I covered Remnant 2. I covered Armored Core 6. I covered all those things. If that's all I talk about... If that's all I talk about, that's all you watch, it sounds like. Did you watch? Did you tune in for any of my shows that were about those other topics? Did you? Outsider gifts another member and bumps the line to four. Thank you so much. About to tempt somebody to do a big 20-bomb layup. And Brian M. with seven months. We don't like facts around here, boy. You and your fancy trousers and anecdotes. Oh, and and here's the beautiful goalpost shift that people always do, right? And listen, Ginger, I love you, but you did the same thing to me. You moved the goalposts, and this guy on Twitter is doing the same thing. You, You guys put words in my mouth. I have never, and no one has ever said, the Series S is holding back gaming. I've never said that. I've never said, oh, it's holding back gaming. I've said, it's holding back Xbox. 
Because anybody making for that ecosystem, anybody making for that generation of console, has to wrestle with the Series S. That's extra dev time. That's increased cost. That's elongating a project. You're shrinking margins. Okay? How is that not holding back the ecosystem and the console? Yeah, it takes longer and it's more expensive to make games for our system. How is that not holding back Xbox? And here's another guy completely shifting goalposts. The Nintendo Switch 2 will be as strong as the Xbox Series S or weaker. Will anyone say that it is holding back gaming? No one's ever said it's holding back gaming. That's never been the argument. You think I give a frick about your Series S when when I'm playing Spider-Man 2? You think I give a frick about your Series S when I'm playing Final Fantasy 16 or Burning Shores or my PSVR 2? You're not holding back gaming. You're holding yourself back. You're not a threat to me or gaming. You're a threat to every piece of property that Xbox owns. And no, the Nintendo Switch 2 won't hold back gaming because Nintendo does whatever the frick they want. They saturated the market with 120 million portable calculators. They don't need to be pushing next-gen in graphics. Do you want to know why? They've never marketed themselves in that way. Microsoft marketed this generation with native 4K gaming up to 120 frames per second. Where is it? Because if you're able to get more people into the space, then you're not holding Xbox back, but you're opening up the player base. Same thing as bringing a game to multiple platforms. There is a cost. Right, but the difficulty there, Ginger, is their hardware sales are falling below Xbox One. So what are we even talking about here? They're going to be the smallest player in the market, and you're asking a developer to spend extra time to sell on a platform that's not just smaller in the market, it always lags behind on sales percentages. The ecosystem doesn't buy games. All the sales reports point to this. All the, Don't insult Ginger, he's a friend. If you're going to insult Ginger, I'm going to walk you out the door. Listen to me. You're asking a company to spend more money, risk making less money, less margins, smaller margins, to sell on a system that is that is doing terribly in the market with respect to hardware saturation. And they don't buy games. All the sales reports show it. So not only are there less of them, they're more prone to say, well, is it on Game Pass? You got 20 million people that are like, I don't really buy games. I game on Game Pass. Oh, we've we've got we have close to between 20 and 30 million Xbox Series consoles in the market. Yeah, and a large percentage of them and people on PC are on Game Pass and don't have to buy the games. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like I I hear what you're saying, Ginger, but I think the size of the platform is a gigantic problem. Flip it around, Ginger. Flip it around. If Xbox was dominating two to one with hard ser- hardware saturation, everything you're saying would make perfectly good sense. The developers would say, listen, we got to do extra work for the Series S, but homie, there- there's so many of them in the market. It's going to be worth it. We're going to make the money. There's so many people. You'd also have to have a user base that's more prone to buying games and looking for games on Game Pass. 
They're, they're like Xbox is getting hit from three directions. You foster an ecosystem that doesn't purchase games. You have the smallest amount of market saturation, and you have a weaker console that requires extra work and dev time. That's three strikes, and you're out. The average developer is going to look at that and be like. <laughs> No, thank you, bro. Ray tracing's getting better. Like, upscaling technology is getting better. There's all this cool new stuff we want to do, and that ain't it. 8 gig usable memory bottleneck? No, miss me with that, brother. We're not messing with that. Just look at the rising tide of min spec on PC for proof of this. Like, what's it going to take? Two years for virtually no PC games to be that low on min spec? I'm talking next-gen games. Like, when next-gen games come out, how many of them are going to let you do min-spec 8 gig? Are you serious? So many games coming out now. Min-spec recommend. Min-spec recommend. 16, 16, 16, 16. 16 gig is becoming more commonly a recommend or min-spec. Why? Because the games are doing more. And the Series S is going to be sitting there like, well, we got 10 gig, only 8 gig if it's usable. Stop bullying the series S. <laughs> system RAM, you mean? I'm not sure what. I'm not talking VRAM. I'm talking system RAM. Like if you look at Steam require uh, min min spec requirements, more commonly now we're not seeing eight gig. We're seeing sixteen gig more commonly showing up because games are gonna do more. They're gonna say, "Look, man, eight gig? You freaking kidding me?" What? No, that's not enough. Yeah, I'm not talking. I'm not talking about the vid cards. The Game Pass argument's more than fair, but the subtext here is also in terms of this generation of gaming. Cloud solves so many of these issues because then you just have one spec to hit. Well, uh, yeah, okay. I'll take. I'll take that action. The the cloud, right? There, there's, there's like 18 different problems with cloud right now. Number one, American internet infrastructure is not where it needs to be for people to experience cloud in the way that would sell them on it, right? They're going to have a couple of laggy, bad experiences, and they're just going to throw their hands up and say, no, thank you, okay? That's a huge problem right now, okay? That's a huge problem. The second problem with cloud is that's not what you sold people. That's not what you sold people. It, you didn't sell people a cloud box, you didn't you sold people a piece of hardware I missed hang on I missed a gifted I missed a gifted I'm going so crazy today Joker Quinn did you bump the line to five I've got to thank some people I'm I'm, I'm deep in the in the conversation let me thank some people here um Joker Quinn I think you bumped the line to five did you not or did I I think I missed his so I think we're at six all right so a 20 bomb would be the Agent of Chaos and the the first 25 goal. And then SDO was seven months. Do you think Xbox has serious issues with co-op games? Redfall, Halo, Baldur's Gate 3 have issues and now Forza. What do you think? Yes, split screen in general has always been challenging. It's honestly, it's why you see a lot of people don't do it. They don't. Like, it's just too demanding. When they added co-op to Returnal, they didn't do split screen. Why? They, would, they wouldn't have been able to. They build a single player game. They, they, they're probably squeezing every last square inch of out of that game because it runs really well, like seamlessly loading into areas, really great graphics, tons of particle effects on the screen and tons of projectiles on the screen. You'd never be able to do that split screen. That like, And that right there, the question then becomes, well, hang on a minute. 
Games that traditionally have split screen aren't getting split screen. What's the problem? Is the problem that it's just too demanding? Or is the problem the Series S? Well, Baldur's Gate 3 got split screen to work on the PS5. So logic would dictate split screen's possible on the stronger of the systems. So the Series X and the PS5 are virtually interchangeable in strength. But you, the Series X doesn't get to shine because of the little brother it's like well no you i i can't i can't go if he can't go is essentially the conversation no sorry boys can't go to the rated r movie yeah i'm watching my brother he's he's got to tag along we can only do pg my I, i can't go if he can't go i can't go that's the series s if the series s can't do it series x is stuck Ghostface with 12 months in a vip we need a jack nicholson emote with the letters ychtt you keep getting the breath of fresh air in this smog. Uh, keep being the breath of fresh air in the smog of an industry. Thank you. So, that's not saying it's not with its own challenges, but in terms of development, I think making one cloud release and then stream it to any device. Yeah, Ginger, I just think you're like 15 years too early. You're trying to sell something that devs don't want to do right now. Like, straight up. Devs of video games don't want their games on cloud right now do you honestly think like approach a developer right now that's working on some crazy awesome game and be like wouldn't you love to have more people playing your game and your game was basically accessible everywhere like people could play it through their TVs their computers their iPod oh yeah that'd be great yeah why don't you just make your game for the cloud then well I huh we don't want to do that Cloud gaming doesn't look that great right now. Now it's in its early stages. It's going to get better. Even even PlayStation has made some excellent, excellent progress. But I don't think anybody wants to develop a game just for cloud right now. Not only that, you're still going to deal with, with bottlenecks to a certain degree because the systems that you're running them on. Like, let's say you make a game just for xCloud what Parasito is saying is so important the cloud profiles are all series s even on the x hardware they run two instances on each box so essentially what you're dealing with is even if you developed a game for x cloud you're still dealing with with a bottleneck of power it doesn't solve the issue it doesn't even solve xbox's issue it simply says you're still developing for the series s Gaming won't be cloud only. Cloud will be the console entry uh, level price. And then you free hardware from the economics of volume versus power. Well, the only way... But the but again, the only way Microsoft gets to that point is if xCloud can far surpass the power of the strongest console in the market. If Let's fast forward to a PS5 Pro becoming a reality your X cloud would be need to be able to surpass that in power as well as it would need to be it would need to run incredibly well the latency and the graphics all of it would need to be pristine that's I, I, that's not happening this gen that could happen in two gens maybe the cloud tech and the infrastructure has so much more work to do native hardware right now really strong PC a PS5 or a Series X that's the best way to game 
as far as like next gen high graphics great fidelity that's the best way to game right now is to buy one or all of those systems a really great really strong pc a ps5 or a series x now the series x is obviously the runt of the litter because it's not getting the same treatment because it's got its leg tied to the series s if you were only developing for cloud though microsoft could give access to more ram in the cloud specific games could use specific server blades but now you're talking about something number one that isn't happening developers would then have to negotiate with microsoft hey we need more and and you haven't compelled the developer to do it hey make your game for for cloud we don't want to have disagree the cloud tech is absolutely at the finish line the infrastructure is what's lagging well okay okay the most important part is the infrastructure for this reason. Your internet and my internet are completely different. Your neighborhood and my neighborhood, your city and my city, we're all in different scenarios. Some of us are running on old copper lines. Some of us are in neighborhoods that have been completely oversold. Some of us are on cable, which depending on time of day can be amazing or horrible okay because it's just completely oversaturated depending on the market depending on the company the consumer base depending on um i forget the other thing that they were doing they were doing something with nodes and i can't remember what it was they were overselling nodes and refusing to come in and expand or do more or something like that there was ways to fix it i was talking to a guy he was a tech for the local company and he said if they could just do this then it would help with a lot of these issues if they would just do something with nodes. I forget what he was talking about. And if that's the point, though. If the infrastructure is so woefully behind, cloud's not an answer. Because right now, if you play Starfield through your Samsung television, we're all going to have different experiences doing that. You have no control over the quality. This is likely one of the reasons that PlayStation didn't want the PSVR 2 to be compatible with the PC. Well, they lose quality control when that happens. Because now now you can play any podunk, junky VR game on it, and you're going to think it's the PSVR 2's fault. Well, this game's glitchy and buggy, and the sensors are all bad. This PSVR 2 sucks, and it's like, no, you're playing a junky game. They don't have control over over the quality. You don't have control over cloud quality because you don't have control over infrastructure. Infrastructure is a function of time, and we look at how little the leap to PS4 to PS5 has been in terms of what's possible for the games. I think the gamers uh, will see a massive jump in cloud once ready. Well, infrastructure is 14 years late. They've completely stalled out. Unironically, because of mass consolidation, Yay, Activision Blizzard. Unironically, because of mass consolidation, the thing that could help cloud is stagnant because the government just let all these cable companies, internet companies, they all siloed up and now there's no competition. So the fiber network that we were promised didn't happen. They basically just lied to the American public, took a bunch of money and didn't use it for what they were supposed to use it for. Isn't it great having a government beholden to giant corporations? Woo! So... You don't have the infrastructure and likely won't have it anytime soon. Jet with a $10 super chat. You keep saying missing features when two thirds of them wasn't planned to be in day one. Comparing graphics on a testing build did the same for gears and looked stupid when it released. This won't age good. Okay. Defending missing features is embarrassing. 
stop it. As far as comparing graphics, I've even seen side-by-side footage. And I'm like, oh, you're saying, oh, it's a testing build? Okay. Let's see when the game comes out. Let's see when the game comes out. Because I think GT7 looks markedly better. I'm open to being wrong about that, but don't embarrass yourself defending features missing. That's a that that's that you're looking silly. Have more respect for yourself. Don't defend companies launching games without features after a delay. That's y'all can be y'all can do better than that. Y'all that defend Xbox that hard, y'all are better than that. Do not defend them giving you less after a delay. Like that's embarrassing. We need to support internet fiber as a matter of uh uh, national security and also for economic growth. Google wanted to put fiber in all the states. AT&T and another took them to court over it. Why you only see uh, G- Google fiber in a few states. Yep. Yeah, they shut it down. They were doing it in my city. I gotta open the door. Hang on. Are they missing features if they were ever anna- if they were never announced? Look for future wrong or right? How could they not be missing features when the guy in the interview literally says he's talking about legacy features not being there on launch? You you got to choose a side, okay? There are people defending this saying, "Oh, well, it's just not going to be there at launch. They'll add it later." Okay, that's you just established that the features are missing at launch then. If they're coming later, then they were planned. They're legacy features that they didn't have time to get into the game. We, we ran into the same thing with Halo. We ran into the exact same thing with Halo Infinite. Well, they never promised split screen. What did you say? They, they never promised split screen? Are you serious? They never promised the ability to replay missions? They never promised... SWAT, they never promised Team Slayer, they never promised, like, I get what, they didn't say that Big Team Battle would work, it's just in there. Like, all the problems that Halo Infinite had at launch. What about positive news in the interview? What about positive news in the interview? That's not, that's not my job. My job is not to, is not to snipe out positive news for you. Like, when something like this happens in a line of things that have happened, Halo Infinite delayed, launched missing features, Redfall delayed, launched missing features, Forza Motorsport delayed, launched missing features, Baldur's Gate 3 can't come to Xbox because there's a feature that won't work, and unsurprising, one of the features that won't be in Forza Motorsport at launch, split screen. Right? Don't you see? that's what I'm reporting on it's like isn't this worrying to you well but instead I'm just supposed to boot up and be like well let's just ignore all that and talk about all the great things coming in Forza Motorsport if you want to know about all the great things coming to Forza Motorsport guess what you can do you can go watch the marketing you can go watch the interview or go watch an Xbox mouthpiece podcast if that's what you want I'm not here to do PR for any company I'm not. I didn't do it with Final Fantasy 16. I didn't do it with The Last of Us Part 1 port to PC. I didn't run PR for that. Oh, but there's some good here. No. I read through Naughty Dog's blog and I was like, there's no accountability or transparency here. This is an embarrassment. What are y'all doing? 
I wasn't like, well, let's try to find the good things to talk about, shall we? No, they had no excuse to treat The Last of Us in the way that they did. There's nothing positive to say. I've done the same thing with Jedi Survivor. Well, there's good things to say about Jedi Survivor. It runs like crap on my PS5. It's been out for over 100 days. They could have taken more time and they refused to. There's nothing positive to say about that. I don't I don't do my due diligence to like make sure I say something nice about these companies. Now, when you're doing a comprehensive review, you might do that, pros, cons, etc. I'm not doing that right now. I'm saying, here we go again. This keeps happening. Features aren't coming at launch. One of the features missing at launch, continuing to wonder, is this Series S, how many features are you going to get cut? How many things are going to get chopped from games? Because the Series S is like, I can't do that, bro. How is that not news to you? Why do you need positive spin? Eugene says, these companies don't need you to defend them. Icebreaker with 10 months. Jet with a $2 super chat. Missing three legacy features, but added 10 new ones. Oh, okay. Just track with me. Track with me. It's not about keeping score about like, how many features you got and how many features you're missing, right? That that's that's not the discussion. The discussion is is there something inherently challenging about bringing certain features to the series S? And if the answer to that question is yes, there is a problem. Something is something is going on here. There's a pattern emerging split screen is merely a symptom of an underlying problem. Okay, let's say you have a little trickle of water in your basement. Okay, the trickle of water is a symptom of something beneath the surface that you can't see. It could be a terrible situation. It could be a minor amount of missing sealant on a window frame or something. All right. You don't know. You just know trickling water. There's something going on here. Okay. The symptom, the thing on the surface that we can see as the consumer is another game that can't do split screen. Another first party studio that it, that, that split screen's not coming at launch. Likely is not coming ever. What's beneath the surface? And if we establish that there's a problem beneath the surface, is there a solution? Or is this going to be an ongoing problem for Xbox this generation? Does, do you think that maybe we're putting our finger on a potential reason why you're still waiting on games? Do you think there's a potential reason why Avowed had a graphical downgrade? Do you think there's this is a potential reason why certain games are launching at 30 FPS, launching without features? Where are the games? Where are all the games you were promised in the first half of this year? Where's the accountability? So let's just track with what's happened around 10 to 12 games that you were supposed to get the first half of the year. They're giant question marks. We don't know where they are. We don't know when they're coming. Why? And the ones that are making it are coming missing features. Two of the games that were supposed to come in the first 12 months, one of them showed up on time without a performance mode, Redfall. Another one showing up late, missing features. 
when do you start to ask like is there is there an issue over there what's what's going on at xbox we're three years in guys what where's the where are the games what why are why are games getting why are games getting delayed and then also not launching ready I spent two hours looking for split-screen capable games this weekend to play with my girlfriend. Well, I will readily concede that split-screen is not a common feature. This is not about, like, holding Forza to a standard of, you must do split-screen. It's about, why isn't split-screen there at launch? You're asking the wrong question if you're like, well, how many more games have split screen or how common is split screen as a feature? Are, are you holding them to an unfair expectation? It's not about holding them to an unfair expectation. It's about saying, well, hang on a minute. What's the reason? What's the causality here? Halo Infinite abandoned split screen. Baldur's Gate 3 can't get it to work to the point that Xbox engineers are, are, are coming and helping. Yeah, Redfall was missing a feature. It's called performance mode. They that's that was the big tweet that shot heard around the world. Yeah, we're launching without performance mode. That's a pretty big feature this generation, I would think. Lightly with 25 months. I know I'm not here a lot, but I hope you guys are having fun without me. Appreciate you, Lono. Thank you, Lightly, for continuing to support the channel even though you can't make it with your schedule, man. I appreciate you keeping that membership going. Red badge over 2 years. Appreciate you, dude. So you're that, that, that's why I feel like so many times in these discussions, you're we're too used to keeping score on Twitter. Just stop keeping score for just a second. Forget PlayStation exists right now. Imagine a reality where it's just Xbox. What would your consolation be? Well, but, you, but the Last of Us cut multi... There is no Last of Us right now. Just imagine it's just Xbox. And they promised you all this stuff. And they promised you all this power. But let's just imagine that Scarlet Project Scarlet Marketing, the Series X Marketing, the Series S Marketing, let's imagine all that is exactly the same. There's just no PlayStation. Wouldn't, wouldn't you be sitting here saying, what is going on? Where's the native 4K gaming with up to 120 frames per second? Yeah, they'd run the Nintendo. Imagine it's just Xbox, no Nintendo, no PlayStation. Like, you wouldn't look at any of this and say, I'm I'm concerned, man. There's something wrong. Games aren't coming. And when they do come, they, they come missing features. What are you guys doing with Fable? What are you guys doing with Avowed? What are you doing with Hellblade 2? That would be a terrible game experience. I'm not saying it would be ideal. I'm not saying it would be ideal. I'm saying just imagine if that were the case. Does PC exist in this scenario? Well, yeah, because a lot of people would say, well, if you want high performance, go to PC. That that's that's a that's a red herring though. I'm not saying your question's a red herring. I'm saying when I look at the marketing for the Series X and I express frustration with Starfield being capped at 30 and people are like, well, if you want performance, go buy a PC. That's a red herring. That has nothing to do with me holding Xbox accountable for their marketing. Native 4K gaming up to 120 frames per second. 
you are really far below that. If it's designed to deliver that, where is that? Regardless of how common split screen is in games today, if it is an intended feature of the full finished game, then of course it's a valid criticism. That's exactly the point. Zubair says, what were your expectations in the moment you were hitting the buy button and handing over your credit card to buy the Series S or the Series X? What are your expectations now? Did they change? Is that okay? I think that's such a good question from Zubair. Look how fast the conversation has shifted. We had, hang on, I forgot to thank somebody for their renewal. I think it was 8K DualSense. Um... 8K DualSense with three months. Keep up the great work, Lono. Ignore all the hate. I get every day, uh... Uh, I get it every day because lean towards PlayStation and obviously nothing I say is valid to boss. Uh, Icebreaker, thanks so much for 10 months of memberships. You the best. Thank you guys for those memberships. I didn't thank those. We're still only at 6 out of the 25 member goal. Guys, make sure and slam that home. We're over an hour into the stream. We've had over 800 viewers for a little bit right now. Why do we only have 300 likes? Push for 400 likes, guys. Let's turn things around here. Some of these numbers ain't looking so good. Chat's been crazy. Viewership's been crazy. Do your part. Gift a member, press like, do one of those things. Appreciate the support for the channel. The from from where I sit, it's like the conversation has shifted from the Xbox Series S is going to be stronger than the PS5. Yes, people said this and they meant it. They weren't parody accounts. We've gone from that to, well, the Series S is just a 1080 box. People shouldn't expect feature parity. People shouldn't expect good graphics. Wow. Okay. It's like, let my brother play. He's an all-star. Yeah, let my little brother come along and play. Yeah, he's better than their best player. And then your little brother comes along and he gets red carded out. Well, you shouldn't expect him to play that well. He is younger. Like, wait, just a second ago, it was the the Xbox Series S is going to do better than the PS5. And now, well, it's a 1080 box and nobody should expect feature parity. Nobody should expect it to be good graphics. We're going to have to leave it behind eventually anyway. Wow. It took three years for that, that, that entire narrative to not just flip over on its head, but it's breaking its own neck. Like, good night. Good good night. And and Ginger kept bringing this up on Twitter. And I think it's really good to bring up. I really do. Thank you for the five gifted skiffy. Ginger brought this up on Twitter. And I think this is such a good thing to bring up. He's like, so many of the PlayStation 5 games are not 4K60. You're right. They're not. But go look at the marketing. There was no marketing that promised 4K60 from PlayStation. Trust me, we went and looked. We can't find it. I got Xbox marketing promising native 4K with up to 120 FPS. I don't have any 4K60 promises from PlayStation. That was never a promise. That's not something that's been broken. Like, hey man, y'all promised 4K60. Early this gen, I kept telling people, I'm like, guys, 4K60 is not going to be a thing. There are PCs struggling to do 4K60. You think your PlayStation or your Xbox is going to be doing 4K60? If they do 4K60, it's all going to be dynamic and upscaled. It's not going to be consistent. I said, 
the most common thing you're going to see this generation is 4K30, 1440-60. PlayStation Promise 8K gaming on the box? No, it just says 8K, meaning it's an 8K-capable device. Because it is an 8K-capable device, Xbox put the same 8K on their box. They both put 8K on the box. 8K meaning it's an 8K-capable 8K device, meaning when there are 8K televisions and devices in higher demand and higher saturation, neither box has turned on 8K support, by the way. Everybody always wants to run with 8K. It's like, do you know why that's on the box? They didn't promise 8K gaming. It doesn't say 8K gaming. None of the marketing says 8K gaming. It says 8K. That's all it says. It's a device capable of outputting 8K. They put that same 8K symbol on boxes for televisions. There's not a commercial. There's not a web page, splash page, pre-order page, tweet, marketing, ad, nothing that promised 8K gaming. They never promised that. They never did. So everybody just wants to throw out 8K and it's like, it's an 8K capable device. If you go to their actual marketing, what they talked about it could do, they never mention 8K. They have to put 8K on the box. Same reason they put 8K on your television. If they put 8K on your television and you boot up Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Disney Plus, you're like, where's all the 8K? It's like, listen, they're just telling you that the TV is 8K capable. That doesn't mean everything you watch is 8K. And the box for the PlayStation says 8K. The Series X says 8K. Why? Because there will come a time when you will have to do... You will not have to. You will need an 8K-capable device if you want to run, like, 8K videos or whenever they start doing that. Yeah, here, here's more Xbox marketing that says... True 4K gaming, up to 120 frames per second. 8K HDR dynamic range, the fastest, most powerful Xbox ever. True 4K gaming. And, and, the, and the 4K 60 promises were, were never uttered from PlayStation. So it's literally a fabricated, broken promise to be like, well, PlayStation doesn't do 4K 60. Okay, where do they promise 4K 60? from moment one I never anticipated getting 4k 60 I always thought if I do 4k I'm getting 30 I thought that from moment one I thought 4k really if I go up to 4k there's no way I'm getting 60 all you got to do is look at PC rigs trying to do it so what do I get I get 4k 30 and I get 1440 60 I always every first party PlayStation title has delivered on that promise they delivered 4k gaming they delivered 60 fps they've delivered zero load times they made good on all their promises playstation promised lightning speed load times i got that i got that in free updates to some of my existing games like ghost of tsushima i got that in the new games i get 60 fps i can turn on 4k ray tracing if i want i got all those things xbox promised native 4k gaming with up to 120 frames per second where is that where's the native 4k what, what games are running native 4K on the Xbox? Where, where are all the frames? Where? Where are they? Redfall's at 30. Starfield's at 30. You got... You, what, are we going to keep going back to Forza Horizon and Halo Infinite? Halo Infinite's not even a next-gen game. 
It's a cross-gen game. My wife needs me, but my final point is Forspoken. Different games need different things. It's a software issue, not a hardware issue. I'm not sure why you're bringing up Forspoken. The best Xbox Series X games that can run at 4K60. There, I, I, there, 4K60 on the Xbox doesn't... That, hang on a minute. I was talking about the PlayStation. The PlayStation 5, people are like, well, it doesn't have any 4K60. They promised 4K60. No, they didn't. I would hazard a guess, 90% of the games hitting 4K60 on the Xbox are cross-gen games. So the frick what? I don't care about that. I didn't buy 4K. I didn't buy a box to play 4K60 old games. And I never said that Xbox wasn't delivering 4K60. I said they promised native 4K with up to 120. That's the issue. You have specific promises. Even more important, they said the Series S will do everything the Series X can do just at lower resolution. That's not true. You've lost more than resolution on the Series S. You're losing textures. You're losing world detail. They're they're not just lowering resolution to get things to run on the Series S. That promise ended up not being true. What happens if Forza hits 4K60? I only brought up 4K60 because Ginger and others have consistently said, well, PlayStation doesn't hit 4K60 in, like, Final Fantasy 16. I'm like, they never promised 4K60. If we're talking about marketing, lining up with the product... The marketing of the X and the S doesn't line up with the products. That's the issue. A lot of those 4K games were backwards compatibility. Right, that I, we're getting lost in the weeds. I was never saying, and never once said in the broadcast, go back. I never said that the Xbox can't do 4K 60. I said they promised native 4K. Not only did they promise native 4K, they said you'd get the same on the Series S just at a lower resolution. That simply isn't true. Yeah, and Parasito just went through the list of games at 4K 60 on the Xbox. Diablo 4, Hi-Fi Rush, Halo Infinite, Monster Hunter Rise, Tunic, Alan Wake Remaster, Tales of Arise, WWE 2K23, Scarlet Nexus, Hades, Doom Eternal, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Persona 5 Royal, uh, Deathloop, 4123, Rogue Legacy, Crash Bandicoot, Dead by Daylight, Far Cry 6, Borderlands 3, and more. He's saying there are no next-gen titles on the list. Isn't the Resident Evil 4 Remake next-gen only, or was that cross-gen? Those are virtually all cross-gen games. Proving ultimately nothing. Running old games at higher performance doesn't prove anything. Like, uh, there's a 4K checkerboard, uh, 28, God of War 2018, got 4K checkerboard, 60 frames per second. Have I ever cited that or invoked that as a 4K 60 game for PlayStation 5? No. Why? Because it's an old game. It proves nothing. Oh, the RE4 remake is on PS4. Okay, so that's a cross-gen title. I thought that was next-gen only. Sorry. Furthering the point, cross-gen games hitting 4K 60? What the frick? That That's not what we're talking about. Deathloop's PS5 only. Oh yeah, Deathloop is a game that can do the 4K 60. I'm not sure. It's I'm assuming it's dynamic on the 4K. That also hit PS5 first. I think Deathloop is one of the games that gets cited as a next-gen game that's 4K 60. I believe 
that the 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 art style allows for that. Oh yeah, Hi-Fi Rush is Rush is not cross gen. Hi-Fi Rush is not something I would consider next gen though. It doesn't show off next gen anything. It's a it's a cell shaded game. It's a cartoon game. Like when we talk about next gen graphical fidelity, nobody's talking about like Hi-Fi Rush. Deathloop's multi-plat. Deathloop was multi my wires are getting crossed because we're talking about too many games at so fast a rate. So Deathloop was multi-plat. It's still... You're right, it was. Originally PS5 exclusive. Deathloop made its way to the Series X and S and later might be a definitive vision on the Xbox Series X. Arc- no, it's not. Deathloop's multi-plat. Oh, you mean multi-plat, not cross-gen. See, I'm getting confused. Deathloop is multi-plat. Deathloop was a timed exclusive. Sorry, I read multi-plat and was thinking cross-gen. Feels like goalposts moving. Who's moving goalposts? I would, I would, I would never consider any of the games that we've talked about as. And I don't think any of these games that are old games running at 4K 60. None of us thought that's what we were getting. Ratchet and Clank is a cartoon game. If you want to compare the graphical fidelity of Ratchet and Clank to Hi-Fi Rush, go right ahead. That, we will all get a, a wry chuckle out of that. That will be entertaining. Let's wait for next week, Immortals of Avium, and see how it runs on the Series S. Too long didn't read uh, from the Game Rant article. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. What console runs a stable 120 FPS, PS5, or Series X? Um, well, there's 120 FPS mode in Modern Warfare 2. I didn't look at any of the breakdowns about how stable that it ran. I didn't, I didn't look at any of that. Um, the goalpost moving is citing videos, store pages, ETC regarding X and S performance, and the comeback being, but the PlayStation 5 box. I, I tried to say that so many times yesterday to Ginger. I love Ginger, but I'm like, bro, that's such a false equivalency. There are interviews with the guy from the Series S video, the guy with the really long beard. There's interviews with him. There's videos with him. And he's citing all this stuff about the Series S. And none of it's true. And you want to be like, but 8K's on the box. And I'm like, what? That's a false equivalency. Okay, Ginger's back. I was trying to drive that point home on Twitter. I was like, brother, that is a false equivalency. Nobody's buying any of these boxes and expecting 8K gaming. Nobody promised that. But there were direct quotations from Xbox. Forget about the Series S for a second. Just look at the Scarlet, look at the Project Scarlet Marketing. I feel like none of that came true. I, I don't feel that way on, on my PS5. I'm like, on, on the PS5, all of it's true? No, it's not, Ginger. I can demonstrate for you numerous games that when going to the Series S, they've had to do way more than lower resolution. Therefore, I have falsified the claim in the marketing, in the interviews. I have falsified the claim. The claim was... Series S will get everything the Xbox X gets, but the Series X, it'll get everything the Series X gets at lower resolution. That's what we were promised. That is not what we have received. 
We, we have received a box that has to do way more than lower resolution. Therefore, the marketing claims have been falsified. I'm not saying, I'm not talking about the up to. I'm not talking about the up to. I'm not talking about native 4K. I'm talking about there were specific claims and promises made about the Series S that are simply not coming true. It can be demonstrated. It can be factually demonstrated that the Series S is not just losing out on some resolution. It's losing out on texture fidelity, lighting. It's losing out. It it potentially could lose out on features. Like what? There were texture fidelity things that had to be completely removed from Street Fighter. There's been other games where we've seen they've had to remove foliage in the game. They've had to remove elements in the game. There's been other games that have had to turn off entire things. It's not just resolution. The the, the statement was, yeah, you're just going to have lower resolution. That claim has been falsified. There's tons of games right now you can point to that like, did they just lower the resolution? No. They had to turn off lighting. They had to turn off texture fidelity. They had to turn off other things just to get the dadgum game to run right. Goodness gracious, he promises 1440, and they couldn't even do that with Diablo. Diablo goes is 1080 just to hit 60 frames per second. The video also says they have the same critical components. That's what we would call optimization. Ginger, I love you, but the constant invocation of the fact that you're an engineer. I, I've been covering games for a really long time, bro. The basics of development are so readily available. Yes, that's called optimization. Yes, optimization that far goes beyond just lowering resolution. In the beginning stages, id Software spoke about this. Three engineers three lead engineers from id software said lowering resolution will have marginal effect at best these are the kings of optimization in the industry id software these are gods they're titans in the industry and they said in the early stages they're like lowering resolution that's not going to be enough They expressed significant concerns about the series s so i see your engineering expertise and I raise you three engineers from id software I, like I'm going with them I'm going with them these guys have been making games they understand how to squeeze every last square inch out of power out of something their games look and run incredibly well and in no September or November of 2020 they were like the series s is going to be a problem and they cited all these reasons and they said lowering resolution is not going to be enough so you want to be like, well, a lot of these gamers aren't engineers. They don't understand development. Uh, what these guys do? They know, they know way more than me. I'm going with them. From that point in time, I have said, th- this is a self-made Trojan horse. The, the Series S is a self-made Trojan horse. If developers at id Software say that, all their tweets disappeared, by the way, after the acquisition. Gee, I wonder why. Hey, now that we own you, you guys mind taking down those those tweets? Because, you know, that's pretty problematic. Even Larian had tweets that had to come down. So the statement you're making is that Xbox said the only thing the S won't do is just native resolution. I'm looking for that statement now. 
No, I, 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 I quoted it. I quoted it in my tweet to you. It's directly from the video that I linked in one of my replies to you. So in one of my replies to you, Ginger, I, I linked to the video. And I said, I'm trying to find it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Series S is designed to deliver the same next-gen experience at 1440p. There's another video where he says it's 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 going to be basically it's going to be easy. They're just going to have to lower the resolution. Like you're not going to miss out on anything. That's that's literally what the marketing is claiming. You you're not you're not you're not going to miss out on any of this stuff. Yeah, Jason Ronald did an interview with Paris, and man, he doubled down on these claims. So, Starfield's next-gen title, it has systems that couldn't run on last-gen, even though it's 30 FPS. Might disagree. He can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not sure what you're saying, D-Tom. Multiple companies have said the Series S is a problem, and sadly, the people paying the price are the players. You mind? Uh, it was probably more like if you want to stay employed. <laughs> right? They were like, "Look, if y'all want to stay working here, we're gonna we're gonna need you to take those tweets down." You know, like I I'm telling. If any other company did this, if any other company did this, th- th- people would be screaming. Wh- why does Xbox get so much of a pass? If another company made claims in their marketing, and then set the video to private. And then they acquired studios and people at the studios that express concerns about the weakness of hardware if suddenly those tweets disappeared. So you got a video set to private, you got tweets disappearing, and now even Larian, in their effort to be diplomatic, they've deleted tweets. And you're like, yeah, this is no big deal. This is all totally fine. Like what? Where's the accountability? They can just literally scrub tweets, remove videos, and you're like, yeah, well, the Series S is basically a 1080 box. Nobody should expect good performance out of it. What? What are you talking about? You have another game coming out, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's going to have missing features at launch. One of those features just happens to be split screen. Apparently the thorn in the side of the Xbox ecosystem a feature I had in GoldenEye is a, is a thorn in the side of the Xbox ecosystem. Does PC lose texture quality going from 4K to 1440? I mean, I don't quite know how it works because you can set your texture quality to ultra and your resolution to 1440. I don't know what that does as far as the actual rendering of those textures. I'm not an expert. So you'd have to ask somebody that understands how those systems are spliced up. It's probably game to game. Some games, as soon as you lower the resolution, might not even let you set the textures to ultra. I don't know. Individual games probably handle it differently. Resolution going down would, in my mind the rendering of those textures would still be set to ultra, but your resolution going down would just lower pixel count so they would naturally look less crisp. So you'd be looking at a high 
a high uh, resolution texture through a low resolution choice. Like it, you, you ultimately probably wouldn't. I don't know if you'd want to do that. You use lower resolution textures, but there are other things like uh, desolation that can control how surfaces look. Yeah, that's that's a world where I'm not an expert. I, I defer to the experts on that stuff. I don't really know how that works because yes, you're lowering resolution. In, it, in setting the, the textures to ultra on 1440, you'd probably be like, well, it's probably just better to put it at high. You're lowering the overall resolution anyway. It depends on the implementation of your LOD maps and how the culling systems work. Yes, it's a game-by-game basis. See, I, I have no idea what the frick Paris just said, so there you go. You know how we know that marketing was heard and stuck with people? Because people cited in defense every time. What what's what do you believe is cited every time, Eugene? That the marketing was heard and stuck with people because people cited every time. It baffles me why are we only hearing about missing things now? Why not months ago? Well, Josh, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. This, this was supposed this was supposed to be the year that Xbox turned things around. And they have more delayed games, and now we have stuff missing features. What is this? Why did I get mentioned in this? Oh, I was tagged in this tweet. (gasps) In Dreams tweeted... I'm in their tweet. They said, Our Synapse speedrun competition is heating up, and wow, some of you are very fast. The current rankings are in. Crow Collings, Nicolo, and Herbie, PS5, are the top three. I'm in seventh. Can you disrupt the leaderboard with your time? I have, I'm seventh at 58 minutes. There's a big difference between seventh place and sixth place. Sixth place is 37 minutes. I'm in seventh at 58. So there's a big jump there. People are figuring out how to really shave time off. If you want to get in the top spot, you're going to need to beat 24 minutes. That's crazy. That's really cool that they did that. Want to win exclusive Synapse merch signed by the team? Thinking you can top our leaderboard? Drop your fastest surface level memory run times in the comments with your proof. Oh, well, people might start posting proof and then I might get bummed. I didn't post my proof for that. I just posted the image because I was excited. Not to burst your bubble, you're about to get crapped on. Oh, I, I believe it. I believe it. I wasn't even going for time. That was my first clear. I, I wasn't even going for time. I w- that was just my first clear ever, and I tweeted about it. That's cool that they included me. They're really nice. They're really nice devs. I appreciate what they do. They, you know, they respond to people. They respond to DMs. They're super dope. Mm. This guy says, Reforge Gaming is on his this morning with the Series S. Will Xbox community come on Xbox like they did for the devs that spoke about it? Doubt it. Alright, I gotta close this or I'm gonna get distracted. I was about liking those things, but being so devoted to a platform that delivers the least for so long compared to the competition is head-scratching. They've made one of the top five games of the year. Shame it won't get more recognition. 
They'll get recognition at the Game Awards. It's gonna be, it's the best, it's gotta be the best VR game this year. Well, if Resident Evil 4 gets its version, maybe not. But I think Synapse is, is probably VR game of the year. I think it's better than Call of the Mountain. Call of the Mountain was too much climbing. Call of the Mountain's beautiful and deserves praise for how gorgeous it is. But the gameplay just, I, I couldn't keep, I just couldn't do it. I kind of want to go back and try again just to see if I can get past all the climbing. I really enjoyed the bow and the combat. Hilly says, what accountability do you expect from the Xbox consumer base to look for? Like they can't take them to court. We know how that crap goes. Microsoft don't care and will move on to the next thing. Most are not buying the games uh, with a missing feature, so we'll likely move on too. Well, so it's, it's a relationship, Hilly. It's a relationship. So I believe that both consumers, YouTubers, and podcasters could do a significantly better job of putting pressure on Xbox to at least answer some of this. Like, what's going on? Why are we missing features? Why are games getting delayed? Look at what happened with Redfall. Redfall was so bad, and the frustration and the anger hit such a fever pitch that Phil Spencer went and did a podcast and just addressed it and talked about it. Now, you might say, well, that didn't do anything. That didn't achieve anything. You just got a bunch of more promises from Phil Spencer. You you might be right. You might be right. At the very least, let's imagine it changes nothing. Right. Let's imagine it changes nothing. That people get really angry and that people do podcasts and that people do tweets and all of those things. Okay. And it doesn't change anything. Xbox is like, yeah, we're sorry. We'll do better. And then they just, they, they keep on keeping on with delays and missing features. Okay. Well, At the very least, you can hold your head high and be like, hey, I held them to account. I I I held them to their promises. Like I'll give I'll give you I'll give you an example. So when we when we basically took them to task for the port of The Last of Us Part One, let's just say nothing comes from that. They fixed it, by the way, but let's just say they just never did. Well, at least we had the self-respect and the integrity to be like, what the frick is this, Naughty Dog? What is this, PlayStation? This is trash. Even if they never fix it, I still did the right thing. I still had enough self-respect as a consumer to take them to task. Do you see... Like, I think that's the issue that I have. It's like, where is the self-respect? Hey, uh, creature, I need the, the V, I'm, I'm sorry. I need the member's thumb. Like I'll, I'll, I'll I'll say the PlayStation showcase, the, the viewers and the YouTubers and the people on Twitter and stuff. We, we said loud and clear, Hey, we, we want to see first party and we want to see gameplay. Not a bunch of cinematic trailers. Now, seemingly, we were all keeping score in June, right? Xbox Showcase won. It was better than PlayStation. Now let's look at all of the revenue reports from June. What really mattered? Seemingly, as we tried to say many times, the general consumer doesn't give a frick about the things that we care about. The market responded to the PlayStation and the Xbox Showcase. And do you know how they responded? 
Well, uh, you know, Sony had a banger month and Xbox didn't. So I said many times, I said, look, we sit here and keep score and we get really angry about the PlayStation showcase and we get really, you know, oh yeah, Xbox showcase was so much better. But when it really comes down to what matters, the, the, the money is the proof of what's happening. It's the proof of where the market's going. It's the proof of where the consumers are going and what they're responding to. Consumers don't know what a third party or first party game is. They just saw a bunch of great games. They don't give a frick. And then, you know, Spider-Man watched walked out and was, you know, the the 10th most purchased game in June. I want to make sure we don't miss discussing how Xbox can get out of this mess. I have no idea how they do that. So, on Friday, I discussed this with 30 and so gaming. And I just kind of reiterated uh, there, there is there there just doesn't seem to be there does not seem to be a g- a good way out of this. What what are the options in front of them? Like, so uh, just this morning, Jez Corden puts out an article for Windows Central, and you can even hear it in his article. It's like, what the frick are they going to do? You 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 going to drop feature parity? Can you can you drop feature parity? I don't think you can. Every single person that bought an Xbox Series S would have every right to be like, what the frick are you doing? You promise us the same great experience just at lower resolution, and now you're literally not even giving us the same number of features. I don't I don't think they would get away with that. I think customers would have a right to say, well, well now hang on a minute. You, you can't do that. You, you can't just not give us games. Uh. It's just DLC. Hang on just a minute. I'm getting the, uh, I'm getting the members thing ready here. So, if you drop feature parity for the Series S, you're going to face consumer backlash that would be that would be completely completely justifiable like, this is what you told us we were going to get we're not getting that we're 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 getting we're getting some weird like half baked console now that that doesn't get the features that the that the that the bigger box gets that's not what we were promised Kind of funny X cast. Destin's like, well, they'll have to leave behind the Series S eventually. What the frick are you talking about? They're three years in. They've barely delivered any first party titles. What do you mean they're going to have to leave it behind? They can't leave it behind. That's that's not an option. It quite literally isn't an option. Now I understand where Lono and I have a difference in what was marketed and how it's interpreted. So Lono isn't wrong. The line is just... Uh, at a reduced rendering resolution. Helix bumps the line to 13. We haven't missed the 25 goal since November of last year. Y'all are going to have to bring it. Y'all are going to have to bring it. All right, hang on one second. I got to go in here and tell the premiere to redirect to there. And then save. There we go. Therefore, I say my statements, but I understand Lono's point a little bit more. Yeah, I felt like, because it's Twitter, we were passing in the night a little bit, Ginger. I was like, I don't feel like I'm running a narrative. I genuinely feel like this marketing 
is for something that doesn't exist. Project Scarlet and Series X. Where is that? And then when you look at the Series S, it's like, I, I think it gets worse. Like, where is that? It goes from being a 1440 box that'll be able to do everything that the Series X does to being a 1080 box and they're having to cut more than just resolution. And that's why, to, 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 to Zubair's question, guys, could we get some more likes on the video? Thank you so much. We should easily have 500 likes today. We've had over 800 viewers for a good amount of time. Oh, I didn't have the coffee alert on. Let me see if anybody's ordered any coffee. Always want to thank the people that support Reforge Roast. Thank God PlayStation doesn't have something like this. Okay, no coffee orders yet. Somebody said they were going to be ordering some. Eugene says, I don't know what they do. I don't care what they do. They dug this hole. All I know is I will not enter that ecosystem in any way as long as feature parity is their policy. Are you going to give Firewall Ultra a shot? Yeah, I need a contact at PlayStation. I reached out to them and I was like, man, I would love to do a review of your game but it's way easier when I get early access. He's like, well, you would need to reach out to PlayStation for that. It's like, I don't know who I need to contact there. There's got to be somebody I can get in touch with that maybe there's other YouTubers that know that could do like a warm handshake. Like, man, I love covering games. My Atlas Fallen review, I thought was, we. I think I feel like we did a very good job with that. I feel like people responded very positively to how we structured our Atlas Fallen review. Um... I would love to do that with VR games, like especially brands new ones. They need to drop feature parity. The S isn't getting the features anyways. Why does it matter if the X does? I'm telling you, it comes back to the marketing, Eugene. Do you really think they could do that and not face any kind of repercussions? Take a look at my ping in the Discord. Shed some light on why nobody is saying anything. Uh, fun fact, I'm digging through the Microsoft docs for their game development kit. Anything hardware or video related is locked behind NDA access. Is the true, is the same true of PlayStation five just for proprietary reasons? Did they both do the exact same thing? I would assume that they would both do that Paris. How is Starfield not next gen? It isn't 60 FPS on a series X, but sure. Uh, but it's the very definition of a next gen game. I don't cons- I don't consider a game next gen that's capped at 30. I don't consider a game next gen that dips into 20 FPS on PC. All the footage we've seen up to now is PC. <laughs> that I that's not next gen, bro. <laughs> like it's a, we're we're looking at PC footage struggling to maintain 30. But the size and the draw distance and all the stuff you can do. So I was promised higher resolution, higher frame rate, better load times. As far as I can tell, Starfield's delivering none of that. There are still load times in Starfield, 30 FPS, and higher resolution. Okay, so you're going to let me crank the res on PC. They're saying it's 4K. I'm assuming that means it's upscaled on Xbox Series X, right? It's going to be running 4K on the Series X and, like, what, 1440 on the Series S. Okay, so I, I, check, I check one box. All you gotta do is check one box. 4K, and I have to call it next gen? Hitman with a $5 super chat tip. Starfield will be amazing, but Baldur's Gate 3 will be game of the year. The game's nothing short of amazing. The year of gaming is unreal. Have a great week. Thank you, Hitman. 
I would say the same thing about PlayStation games. I don't care who's making the game. I don't care where the game is landing. If you're like, yeah, here's our game. Uh, it's capped at 30. There's loading screens. Oh, but you can play the game at 4K. I'd be like, that's that doesn't that's not next gen. That's not next gen at all. You checked one box. The PlayStation dev portal is entirely locked behind having a dev kit. Microsoft has partial public access. Okay, so I wouldn't consider that to be any kind of a smoking gun. According to Digital Foundry, it was hitting 1296p on the latest footage of Starfield, so most likely upscaled down the line. Yeah, Baldur's Gate 3 is winning game of the year. It's not it's not even a question anymore. And I'm actually as a Zelda fan, I'm I'm totally happy with that. We did not need another Zelda game of the year. It, like I love Tears of the Kingdom, but I think Baldur's Gate 3 is running away with it. You cannot deny it at this point. It would be foolish. If it doesn't win game of the year, people would be like, "Wait, why? Why did it not win?" <laughs> The user reviews are insane. It's a single-player game pulling MMO numbers on Steam. It has the highest Metacritic score. It has the highest Open Critic score. Its Steam review scores are insane, given the volume. What are we talking about here? It's game of the year. Just stop. Stop it. The highest-rated PC game ever. What what are we even talking about? (laughs) Nothing's touching it. Okay? Nothing. It came close to 900,000 players. It's pulling MMO numbers. That's nuts. That, that That's nuts. And it's DRM free. It's got a lot in its corner. And it hasn't even hit PlayStation yet. It, it jumped to the most pre-ordered, it jumped to the most sold game on PlayStation because of all of this. Now, PlayStation users, are, I don't think are going to land as strongly on it. I think a good portion of people buying it on PS5 are going to be like, I, why is everybody like this game? Because it's, you know, it's a CRPG. Are CRPGs super popular on consoles? Eh, I don't know. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm open to being wrong. I never would have guessed a CRPG would be hitting almost 900,000 concurrent players the second weekend after it came out and would be well on its way to game of the year. I never would have guessed that in 2023. So... I'm open to being proven wrong. If the PS5 community throws their weight behind it in purchases, but then also throws their weight behind it in review scores, I'll be shocked. I think it's going to get I think it's going to get Returnal treatment. I do. It's going to be like Returnal. I think a lot of people bought Returnal, had no idea they were buying a Rogue, and then they slammed it in the scores. I think something similar is going to happen with Baldur's Gate on PlayStation 5. I think a lot of people are going to buy it and be like, I, "This is boring. I don't like this," and then they're going to slam it in the scores. I, I could be wrong. That's just a prediction that the PS5 crowd isn't going to vibe with it the same way the PC crowd's vibing with it. PC crowd can play it for an hour and a half and say, well, this isn't really for me. Uninstall, get a refund. They're not going to f- feel a need to go bash it on a review score. PS5 is a l- l- little bit different. A five spot from my man Hilly. I think the hold the line mantra comes from being trapped in the ecosystem. Some financially. I think mine is more sunk cost. See my Discord. Alright, hang on. Uh, Hilly says, I feel trapped with Microsoft. Like, I have my PC. I play away uh, happy with Steam. 
uh, I need to find a role for the Series X, so I kind of have to gamble with Starfield. I think that will be too much to run well on my PC, but this feels like rewarding them for Halo. I will never buy any more battle passes in Halo Infinite after that launch, no matter how good it gets in the very distant future. I will never support that game, but I'm stuck with the box and the ecosystem. Not using it, I'm hurting myself, so I kind of have to roll the dice. Outside of Starfield, though, Hilly, I would just trade it in and get a PS5. Having two PS5s in the house is so nice. My daughter's playing Chia. I should have set my son up with... He's playing Lego City. I should have set him up with Lego City on the Series X so that I could be playing with the PS5 on Saturdays when they game. The PS5 crowd loves RPGs, but do they love CRPGs? Oh, I've not turned on the the scene switcher today. Whoops. There we go. You guys haven't gotten to see my new Into the AM shirt. This Norse Norse God shirt that they sent me. Isn't it beautiful? Make sure and use code LONO or go to intotheam.com slash LONO. Both work. Give you a discount and help me out. Give me PS5 in the cloud. Uh, I think we're going to end up covering that tomorrow, Ginger. PlayStation's actually making huge strides with cloud, which makes Xbox cloud look a little a little shaky. <clears throat> on a platform why we already have one my luck is i sell it and microsoft sort of sorts themselves out yeah crpg means computer rpg now some people use crpg to refer to classic rpg or like old school rpg essentially what it means is it's DD, it's turn-based it's dice rolling it is quite literally old school rpg it's tabletop RPG rules, like you're playing D&D with the boys in the basement. You've seen Stranger Things, right? That's Baldur's Gate 3. And I I happen to think that a lot of PS5 guys are going to get about a couple hours in and they're going to say, I don't like this at all. This is boring. This is hard. They don't explain enough. Blah, 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 blah. They did the same thing with Returnal. People bought Returnal because they were really excited to have a PlayStation 5 title. They didn't know it was a rogue. They died a couple times, and they're like, why am I starting over? It got bad review scores almost immediately. Like, you're... Listen, those Metacritic scores, man, you can get eviscerated in the early weeks. Gran Turismo 7's Metacritic user score is terrible because they did a bunch of nonsense with the microtransactions. They rectified it very quickly. Didn't matter. They got eviscerated on Metacritic. They got shredded because I don't I don't even know what they were doing, but they were doing something with the microtransactions and that community revolted. They course corrected. The game's in a great state now. Split screen, it's, again, is still not something I'd be out there bragging about because it's been out for a year and a half and they're still trying to fix issues with it. So William Lewis with a $5 super chat tip says, thank you for saying console players may not play the PlayStation side in my PlayStation versus Xbox group saying how great it will be when they're also playing on PC and not PlayStation. Um, okay, we're going to be going to a premiere in about 30 minutes where I argue that Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 is DLC and not a sequel, and I've got some facts to back me. So you've got some time to hit the member goal. You guys went crazy on Friday. We don't need to go crazy every day, but we hit the 25. I'll owe you five. I pay those five in the premiere. I give you up until the very end of the stream to do that. So just a couple here. Let's do two singles. Tempt one of the big boys to drop a 10 bomb. Diablo 4 Metacritic score is crazy. Oh, I've not even checked it. 
remember people were saying nobody cares about Baldur's Gate 3 where are they now yeah I mean it's just a, it's just an absolute leviathan it's undeniable you'd be stupid to act like who cares about it you'd be looking silly I feel like some Sony fans will get Baldur's Gate 3 just for console war status saying we're winning the PlayStation exclusive game look at these sales but won't like the game or refund it right away refunding is not as easy uh, little, um, little me trip you have to understand something though the people that are tuned into the console war on Twitter are a drop in the bucket. They're a drop in the bucket. Helix gifts a member. Thank you so much, Helix. I appreciate that generosity. Guys, if you've ever gotten a member here, consider paying it forward. Hit the join button. Or I'm sorry, the dollar sign button at the bottom of chat. Gift a member to somebody else. It's five bucks. It's a great way to grow the community and to pay it forward. There's so many generous and kind people here. You have to remember something. The people that watch YouTube and get on Twitter to talk and consume gaming news, they are a minority in the gaming community. Now, consider the people that get on Twitter and YouTube and places to talk about gaming and they're console warring, they're an even smaller slice of the community. The lion's share of the people that went and pre-ordered Baldur's Gate 3 on the PlayStation 5, they did it because of hype. They didn't do it because of a console war. They're like, Oh my gosh, this game, 800,000 people are playing on Steam? It Its score is unbelievable. Uh, it, it's score on Steam? What is it now? For the, for the last 30 days. I'm pulling it up right now. I haven't checked. 97,000. It has 100,000 reviews, basically. In the last 30 days. Just in the last 30 days, 100,000 review scores. A 96%. I mean, that's bonkers, bro. That That's why people are pre-ordering it. That's why people are going to be like, I don't really like this game. I don't really like this game. DK Beggar with the layup. He sets a 15 out of 25. One of the big boys may slam home a 10 bomb. They love doing it. Thank you so much, DK Beggar. Ever so faithful. Always doing those single gifteds and bumping the line so consistently. CRPG is a niche genre. It doesn't mean that hardcore console gamers won't play it. Like, I don't understand the downplaying here. The game will get played a lot for how long it doesn't matter. I'm... I'm not downplaying. Homie, you understand that Baldur's Gate 3 on the sales charts was rivaling Madden and 2K... Do you really think all those people are going to be like, this game's swell? Has Baldur's Gate traditionally sold that well on console? Come on. Except Baldur's Gate 3 will have been a full release for a month and three years in early access. If you buy Baldur's Gate 3 and get upset at turn base, at that point it's genuinely on you. The ignorance of the game is genuinely on the consumer at that point. Hey, my man, <laughs> Ginger Prime. <laughs> People are like, why is Ginger trashing Reforge? I'm like, he's not trashing me. He's my friend. Javier Cotto, double tag teams, the 10 bomb with Ginger Prime, taking us to 35. What a beautiful accident that was. And now we're at 35 out of 50. We always roll over to the next goal when we go past the 25. Thank you so much. Javier Cotto. Baldur's Gate 3 is a PC game getting ported to the console. It can't count as a console exclusive. Listen. That debate to me... I... 
even Jez Corden said it's essentially a timed exclusive for PlayStation 5. Even the guy that writes for Windows Central and is on a weekly Xbox podcast is like, this is essentially a PlayStation 5 timed exclusive. It is. In in its spirit, in practice, that's true. You don't see me out here saying, yeah, yeah, timed exclusive for PlayStation because all of my coverage has been, I feel bad for the Xbox guys. The number one game of the year, they can't play it. I don't celebrate that. Have you ever once seen me celebrating that about Baldur's Gate 3? Ever Once. A single tweet, a single comment, a single stream. I've always said, when a game is this good, when a game is this stellar, and the developers are committed to it being multi-platform, it not being multi-platform is squarely on Xbox's shoulders. And that's frustrating for the people who own Xbox, for the people who only have the Xbox. I've never once celebrated this. The people who call me a pony, it's like, no, 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 no. There are people who embrace the pony life and they're on Twitter and they think this is great and they celebrate it and they strut around like this is a first party PlayStation title. You will never see me doing this. Why? Because it's bad faith console posturing. I don't do that. I don't. Look, the people that want to do that, man, you do you, boo-boo. I know it's fun to to dunk on Xbox. Listen, some of y'all's memes are hilarious. I love y'all. I really, really do. I think a lot of those guys are funny. I never see them being nasty and gross and personal. So I think it's I think it's all in good fun. But you've never seen me do that. I don't. Check my Twitter timeline. I've ever been like, oh, yeah, suck at Xbox. You don't get a game. You don't get features. You waited for Forza Motorsport and it's launched without features. What do I say? I'm like, this is worrying. What the frick? What about Hellblade 2? What about Fable? What about Avowed? Why are you always hating on Xbox? Why are you in your feelings like a child who had their lunch money stolen? I have the system. I have a higher gamer score, more trophies, more history, more games in my backlog, and backwards compatibility on the Xbox ecosystem. I'm not hating on them. I'm expressing frustration and disappointment. I'm not the guys out here like, yeah, man, Baldur's Gate 3 is an exclusive to PlayStation 5. I'm not doing that. I'm not celebrating it at all. There are people who fully embrace the pony life, and that's totally fine. It's, a lot of it's just done in good fun. But today's stream and any of my commentary on Baldur's Gate 3 has been like, what the frick are these people supposed to do? They bought your hardware and they can't play a game. The number one game of 2023. They can't play it. Why not take out split screen when Xbox is only having issues with it? Hellblade 2 got canceled? No, it didn't. (laughs) Hellblade 2 30 FPS. (laughs) Stop. Do not put that bad juju out there, dude. I'm home to the dark side. I mean, I've been tempted. They can play Starfield. <laughs> well, yeah. That's that's the brag back, right? Well, we can play Starfield. Starfield will be the biggest game. Okay. Don't even toy with that. Lona will kill everyone he sees for 20 minutes. <laughs> 
all the time, all that money spent on developing and trying to get the feature to work and they can't, that's really going to work out great for them, I guess. Which is one reason why they're all playing Baldur's Gate 3 now. I mean, I will definitely agree that Starfield not landing on PlayStation is actually helping out Baldur's Gate 3 on PlayStation. 100%. Let's imagine a world where Starfield was on sale on PlayStation 5 in a couple of weeks and was like multi-platform. Baldur's Gate 3 would have likely bumped the launch back for all of the platforms, not just PC. You, you freaking write that down, take that to the bank, and cash it. They would have not tried to tango with the multi-plat Bethesda title in its launch week. They'd be like, uh-uh, no, 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 no. Starfield farts on Twitter, and it goes, and it trends. No, 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 no. They're landing on PlayStation 5 that week, and they know we're going to do pretty good. Because PlayStation fans bought Fallout 4 way more than any other platform when it launched. In its launch week, the lion's share of physical sales, at least, PlayStation fans like Bethesda titles, historically speaking. I mean, we we can look at Fallout 4 and see. There's a lot of people that are like, what the heck? I can't get Starfield. Well, not that Baldur's Gate 3 is a good replacement, though. I'm going to be real with y'all. I'm looking forward way more to Starfield. It's more my kind of game. There's guns, there's space, there's RPG, right? I, I'm not a turn-based guy. I mean, I'm not trying to roll dice in a video game. I, I can do that on a card table with my kiddos when I play a board game, right? I'm looking, I, I am, I'm looking way more forward to Starfield. Which is why I'm going to play it on PC. Because <laughs> I don't want to play 30 FPS. Now, as far as co-op is concerned... My wife and I will probably have some fun with Baldur's Gate 3, at least for a short stint. I don't know if we'll go the distance with us, but it'll be fun to create some characters and argue about decisions in the early days. But on a scale of 1 to 10, my interest in Starfield is like an 8. My interest in Baldur's Gate 3 went from like a 2 to like a 6 or a 7. It's like, I gotta try this out. I mean, it's game of the year, so <laughs> I, I gotta give this thing a shot, you know? Yeah, I'll buy Starfield on PC. Yes, yes, yes. Javier Cotto with a nine-month and a VIP. Lono, thank you for breaking the facts. I appreciate you, Javier. Thank you. Zubair says, when they announced the Series X and they said 4K60, I was like, what? How? Turns out that was accurate. A 30 FPS game is the game of the gen. Bert, that's wild. I believe that Starfield will be historic in the like RPG game conversation. I don't think it'll be historic in the conversation about next-gen games. Like When we talk about next-gen games and graphics and fidelity... We're going to be looking at things like Burning Shores. We're going to be looking at things like Spider-Man 2. Um, I, I, I don't think we're going to be looking at Starfield. Like, you're not going to turn back in five years and be like, yo, when the next-gen games really started heating up, man, Starfield led the pack. 
No, I don't think so. In the realm of RPGs, yes. I think we'll look back and say, Bethesda had another Skyrim moment. They, they, they created a really crazy, big, awesome, special game. It's you, you can't always check both boxes, right? Like, no one's going to look back in five years and say, dude, Burning Shores was, was just so forward-thinking about RPGs. No one's saying that. But people will say, yo, Burning Shores really pushed the graphical envelope. I, I think games can be remembered for different things. Nobody looks at Elden Ring and says, yo, bro, next gen, the graphics, the light. No one says that. Everybody says Elden Ring was the game of a generation. It, it It's the new standard for open world exploration. It's the new standard for RPG open world games. Don't you see? You can look back at a game and give it tons of accolades, but you you can't literally get an accolade for every category, especially when I've not seen anything out of Starfield that's like graphically blowing my mind or performance-wise, it's like, come on. The thing dips into the 20s in the trailers. Elder Ring was beautiful. Art style is different than graphical fidelity, and I've actually used Elden Ring to display that. I don't think we always need crazy, amazing, photorealistic games. I actually use Elden Ring to defend Fallout. Uh, Fallout. I use Elden Ring to defend Final Fantasy 16. I've had people say Final Fantasy 16 looks bad. I'm like, it doesn't look bad. It's stunning. It's beautiful. It's very well done. It, the only issue with Final Fantasy 16 is performance mode when you're not in combat. Quality mode, runs just fine. Cinematics, amazing. Story, great. Voice acting, art style, all that's amazing. Elden Ring is not like high-level graphical fidelity game, but its art style is beautiful. It's memorable for its art style, not for graphical fidelity. you got to be able to slice these categories up, because if not, you end up just saying, are you kidding me? This is the best game ever for this Well, but why? What makes it the best game ever? You gotta be able to break down the individual categories that it, it excels in. And I don't think Starfield's excelling in performance or graphical fidelity. And that's okay to say. <clears throat> Meech with 23 months in a VIP. Good morning, Meech. Almost two years. That's a fact. I'm loving Final Fantasy 16 right now. I got to put in a really long play session on Saturday. Oh. I'm loving it, dude. I get so frustrated with the performance when I'm not in combat because it genuinely looks bad. But the combat is so fun. I can run past fights and I'm like, no, I want to go fight those guys. And the story, it's so rich. The story's so good. I feel like I'm getting to play really fun combat and explore a really beautiful world. And then also I get like an amazing, it's like watching a TV show. It's like, this is fantastic. Well, they only make movie games. Well, I mean, I, I, that, that's such a non-thread at this point. It's like, yeah, and? I saw crazy combat, a really crazy combat montage from God of War Ragnarok on Twitter. I think it was Rhino that posted it. <clears throat> I had to unfollow him because the follow me spam was ridiculous like he would he would tweet something and then he would go on a tear and he'd reply to like every tweet like be sure to follow me i was like i got to unfollow you bro you're 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 cluttering up my timeline but it was in my recommended and i was like the fact that people call god of war and god of war ragnarok like just a movie game it's like the combat's actually insane if you actually commit to doing 
all of the different chains and combos and even you know even turning up the difficulty it's actually very impressive d tom with 23 months and a member plus looking forward to watching your coverage of starfield good or bad i know you'll have honest coverage thank you d tom a two spot from richard rodriguez i think starfield gameplay will be slow and choppy we're hearing good things apparently people have their hands on it right now um yeah almost two years d tom you're a month away from the red badge yeah, I played Dark Souls 3. Dark Souls 3 was my first ever from software game that I completed. Yeah. For, it was the first FromSoft game I ever completed. This guy over on Kick says, How do you start the stream? I've asked so many people. What do you mean? Yo, Mayhem IEW. He says, Look, man, I'm not satisfied with just 35. We're not just going to hit 25 once. We're going to hit it a second time. He bumps the line all the way to 55 out of 75. Coincidentally, setting up a layup, another 20 bomb could slam home a 75 member day. We're eight minutes away from the premiere about Modern Warfare 3. Thank you so much. What an enormous member bomb. So generous, guys. Make sure you thank Mayhem for that. That is so kind. That is amazing. Out of nowhere, this guy just jumps off the turnbuckle. But yeah, apparently there are people out there right now that has that have their hands on Starfield and they're saying good things. I've continued to say that I really hope a broad spectrum of the gaming press get their hands on Starfield early, not just select outlets. That'll be concerning if it gets the Redfall treatment. Like, yeah, here's a bunch of select outlets that are going to sing its praises in AstroTurf. Well, what about everybody else? Have you ever heard of Deadly Premonition? It's a really bad game, but it's got a pretty big fan base. Just a random thought. I've actually never heard of it, no. Modern Warfare 3 standalone or a season in Warzone? <laughs> You're going to find out, Hilly. That's our video today. It goes live in seven minutes. I'm going to take you guys over there. It's a premiere, and I'm going to end up gifting uh, ten members. Unless you guys go crazy in seven minutes and push it again. More hands, more eyes, more options equals good coverage. Right. Like, Javier Cotto says, I'll slam it home. A 20 gifted member train back to back 20 gifted members. What is going on, Javier Cotto? One of the best names that we get to shout here. Always sounds like I'm covering a football game, and I mean footy on the pitch, soccer, right? Like, Sorry, I've got soccer on the brain. I'm coaching uh, this this season. Oh, man, that's amazing, Javier. Thank you. So generous. I now owe you guys 15 members. We will do that in the premiere that goes live in six minutes. Modern Warfare 3 is just DLC, and I've got the facts to back it up. Taking a bit of a swing. I know. I know I'm taking a bit of a swing, but that's okay. This guy says, I'm not sure what's going on with his email address. I've been receiving bounce back emails ever since I presented. I've tried calling them. Left a few voicemails. Dang it. DK Beggar, the agent of chaos. He says, listen, I can't stand to see that nice, clean 75. He rolls it over to 76, and he sets us on our way to 100. Thank you very, very much. You coach soccer. I am not a professional by any stretch. I assisted coach. I did assistant coach last year for my daughter's team. It's just a pickup league. 
and this year I'm head coach because they didn't have they were they were like begging for head coaches and I was like I do not want to assist somebody who doesn't know what the heck they're t- they're doing I know enough I my the head coach last year was a guy from Ireland and he really knew his stuff and I learned I learned enough from him and I've watched enough and I've gleaned enough to be able to help you know eight and nine year olds play well and get better at certain aspects of the game right ball control passing you know when does the defense move up you know how do you drive the ball to the sides when do you clear you know, things like that throwing the ball up the line throwing the ball high and over their heads just things like that just like the basics of soccer there you know we're not trying to win a trophy it's just mainly just the good life lessons of playing a sport with you know a team <clears throat> Oh, you mean kick and flop? <laughs> Shut up. Oh, man. Xbox fanboys in 2022. Horizon Forbidden West and God of War Ragnarok overshadowed by Elden Ring. LOLOL. Xbox fanboys in 2023. Why are you acting like Baldur's Gate 3 is a PlayStation exclusive? Cram gifts a membership. He says, Come on, y'all. We got four minutes to slam home a hundred members. Listen, I'm going to let you guys in a lot of secret. If we do. Just do a couple more singles here. Get that to 80. You'll tempt the big boys. They can't resist. My man Treble Champ with a two-spot. Manchester United are the best football team. Slow down, all right? I typically cheer for Holland, right? Orange. I like I like Holland. I I don't I don't know players' names. I don't I just like to cheer for Holland. You know, there was one year in the Euro where they were like passing circles around Germany. And I was like, this is a fun team to watch. And ever since I've just cheered for them. I don't really care. It, I just think it's a great sport. It's the most most watched, most played sport in the world, and I love watching kiddos play it and get get better at it. I think it's a sport that, when learned, is really good for lots of other things like endurance, speed, coordination, teamwork. Right? Other sports, I think, are are like they're more specialized. Like you're either a god of the sport or don't bother playing it. I I don't know. I've got I've got opinions about you know and if, if you're really good at golf or baseball or basketball man give it all you got if you're kind of average or below average yeah, I don't know play something else <laughs> you don't watch American football no I don't really have time I do not really have time guys we should easily be shooting for 500 likes we only need tw- uh, we only need about 50 more likes if you haven't hit the like button yet there's over 650 people here we are getting ready to go to a premiere about modern warfare 3 you guys have like one minute if you kind of if you want to push the envelope here before we go to this premiere and hit 100 members you're gonna have to go super super fast this modern warfare 3 premiere uh, you're going to want to come with us. I hang out in the chat. I give some members because to celebrate the goal. And then I head to a members only debrief. So make sure you guys do that. All right. Make sure you come with us. I'm going to put a link in chat. I'm also going to redirect. It's also the featured video on the channel. I'm going to end the stream first over on kick. If you're watching on kick, head on over to YouTube. We'll see you over there. You think Starfield and COD day and day could sell 25 million game pass ups? I have no idea. Right here, you guys are trying for another buzzer beater. Evidence bumps the line to 82 with a five gifted member bomb. He's tempting somebody to drop a 20 bomb. Listen, I'm going to be putting a link in chat. We got to head to this premiere about Modern Warfare 3. I'm going to be gifting 
15 members. I might end up having to do 20 if we slam this home. You can also slam it home in the premiere. If you guys want to go crazy in the premiere, come to the premiere. You can keep gifting members if you want. Let me put a link in chat, and I'm also going to redirect you. And if you are a member, you can keep hanging out with us after the premiere. So, let's head over. I know you guys are going to try and buzzer beat. You guys always love doing this at the end when I'm trying to say thank you and end the stream. So, Thank you for a great day, a stellar day, a fun topic, and uh, we got other things to cover this week as, as well with PlayStation, as well as a Starfield Q&A. It's a good week for gaming news. Make sure you keep it here. Hit subscribe, hit the bell button, and let's head over to this premiere about Modern Warfare 3. It's not a full game. It's just DLC. You heard it here first. Let's go take a look. 